What's up, Topeka? It's Jaquita with OmniCircle Presents Who We Are. What's up, Topeka? It's Jaquita and Lamika with OmniCircle Presents Who We Are. A couple shout-outs this week. Um, I went to the protest in Lawrence. Shout-out to Lawrence. <laughs> you guys showed up and showed out. Man, it was it was crazy. I'm, I'm sad I didn't get to go with you guys. I yeah. am happy that you guys got to go because I... It, the spirit of Lawrence has always just been an amazing thing. Yeah, and it watch. all started out with, like, a hate crime that the police still have yet to investigate, by the way. Well... You know, they had to take it upon themselves. Well, um, and sometimes and I know people aren't really happy, but uh, that people do that. But when you have a community of people that are scared and fearful, mm-hmm. and someone is promoting hate, they came together to protect yeah. each other, to rally, you know, to rally yeah. together to support each other, and that's amazing to see. Yeah, you know, yeah. if no one else is going to do it, that they're going to we'll do, do it for it. themselves. That's right, and that's even like um, on a personal level, you know when any of us like me or you if we have something going on like the support yeah it's important that's that's amazing yeah it is so they also were able to rally and get rontarius i hope i said his name right Mm -hmm. washington out on bail after five years of incarceration five and a half years wow um Within hours, people donated up to $39,000 to free him. Mm-hmm. And a couple of stores like um, Burger Stand and Kabash, Raven Bookstore, Wonder Fair, and Repetition Coffee, they all put their businesses up um, as collateral for this young man. Yes. So support them. Yeah. That's amazing because I, I don't know that I've ever heard of a books, not just a bookstore, any but store. any business. Yeah, no. Um, doing that for someone that wasn't like related to mm-hmm. you in some type of mm-hmm. way. So they believed yeah. in him so much. Um, Which definitely look up um, what all that is um, with Rontarius Washington um, to know why there is so much support and all these businesses willing to put their their businesses on as collateral. Like look that case up and. Mm-hmm. Um, support these businesses that yeah that. absolutely mm-hmm. you can also for more information follow hashtag occupy mastery on social media hashtag o c c u p y m a s s capital s t and that's on facebook uh do you have any special shout out lamika um, something that's going on just because I think is really cool is that Highcrest now is doing mm-hmm. um, through Scent. They're doing a farmer's market there. Oh, okay. So I think that's really neat because then the people in that community don't have to go out mm-hmm. and, you know, All try and capital, find a way yeah, to the Capitol building. And so I know that they're not, they don't do it every weekend. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just starting off. But again, very amazing thing that they're doing and providing not only to the community, but to mm-hmm. other vendors. Yeah. Um, so I know they have one coming up this week, and I'm trying to, I believe it starts pretty early in the morning, 10 to 12. You so not a, a um, it's at Avondale East, so it's this oh. Saturday to 11th. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, go out. I know a couple of my friends that are there, um, or you can go to Scent and look. They, If you want to be a vendor, you want to sell any of your stuff, they are always looking, and I from my understanding, they're very reasonable mm. as a vendor. They're not yeah. trying, you know, to get a bunch of money, take your money. You know, they are promoting mm-hmm. the community and, you know, everything that's wonderful about the community while also giving 
good food options yeah. away. So that's awesome. I try that. Um, and normal far- farmers market always. Um, excuse me, morning light. Their kombuchas. Yeah, yeah, I saw an article on her. Yeah, she's yeah. she's there. She's very sweet. Her and her husband, her yeah. daughter is out there with her mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and they that's don't really good have. Kombucha. It is really good. Yeah. And they let you taste it first. Ooh, you know, okay. they usually have like, like three <laughs> or four kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll let you taste it, see which one you like. There uh, was a strawberry basil one one time. Ooh. Yeah. So I have had that and one of their blueberries. But they have all combinations you wouldn't think about going yeah. together. Yeah. Um, so they're one. And then Nikki, who is, you know, oh, ve- yeah, trying to get very involved with the community too. Voting. But... Her and her daughter have kind of partnered together. Nikki's more the nutrition. Oh, oh wrong Nikki. I was thinking with somebody else. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Uh, and Nikki is, so she's Nikki. more the nutrition part. Okay. And But she's vegan, but she, amazing food that she mm-hmm. makes. And then her daughter does hair products. Mm-hmm. So, um, Enliven is mm-hmm. their booth and she's oh, always buy, at the farmer's market body butter from them it works really Girl. good and when i tell sauce. you like it's amazing her daughter is still in high school i believe really and so the hair slime that i bought uh-huh. remember when i put it on that first yeah. day and i was like girl my hair ain't this soft <laughs> and i don't Listen, know how long and i had to let her know like amazing so yeah just a few people i'm we know there's many more vendors um we're excited to see people get out in the community and um provide their own uh, products um, and Kristen's creation she's out there she does mm-hmm. bake goods mm-hmm. she's amazing and so yeah definitely venture out support these people welcome back to Be Good it's Jaquita and Lamika with Omnicircle Presents who we are um, this is going to be part two of the episode we did with Tamara and Anita welcome back um yeah <laughs> hi thank you hi. thank you cool so last week we talked about uh <laughs> we talked about police reform community engagement defunding versus disbanding uh law enforcement corporate america and lynching so this episode i did want to kind of focus on um where do we go from here what are your ideas on how we can change society and then Topeka and then ourselves or the people within our environment um, to reflect what we want to see in the world. Um, So I think there's no simple answer for next steps going forward because there's so many things that are going to have to be done so that we don't lose momentum. Um, I think that one thing I've heard a lot of people say they really want to see come out of this is some comprehensive police reform. Mm -hmm. And um, everything starts locally. So policies traditionally start locally and expand to the state level and then get adopted at the national level. Um, And we see that with marijuana policy, like around the state usually gets legalized in a town and then in that state. Um, And then eventually it'll be before the federal government. But this is kind of how movements spread. So I think of how... We need to address police reform, and it's very locally. We need to look at our police department and see what policies need change. And then citizens here are going to have to stand up for those and really push mm-hmm. that yeah. with their local leaders. Yeah. So how do how can citizens um, get into the policy at the at Topeka's police? Is there, like, a website or something? Or yeah. can they just go ask? 
Well, there are a lot of their policies. I mean, you find them online. It's a lot to go through. I know I started. It's going not easy to. Yeah. But you have to be like yeah. a dedicated researcher. But they're there. It's <laughs> there. You just got to keep going. I, but I found them. And actually, Topeka is is it too hard? It's all is directed strictly towards the police department. But yeah, but it's also a lot to read. So you have to be willing to sit down and read through every single policy, see when it's it has on there when it's been um, revised, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said just the website, the regular TPD website. Okay. That's, I think that's cool that they have it online for people to get access to mm-hmm. it. I also kind of feel maybe there should be like a class to where someone could come into it and like they go through it one by one. What do you all think about that? I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that that would actually be a good idea um, because in the Citizens Academy you, you don't per se go through their policies you get a glimpse into mm. the topics um, you know within the 12 week program that they feel that um, citizens th- would be interested in and so in reviewing their, their police policies um, that are contained on their website it's significantly more mm-hmm. um, unlike everyone saying it is a lot to to read it's easily accessible if you have internet yeah. access mm-hmm. and a device yeah. right um but when we're thinking about our underserved communities True. Yeah. how many of them mm-hmm. have access a personal yeah. exactly that's right. so that's something else mm-hmm. to think about that if they don't have um access mm-hmm. um that if we had classes yeah. that were free of charge um that were offered yeah um and especially know. with um rona you know, the Topeka Library is closed. So even if, you know, even if people would go to the library to access it, right now they can't. Correct. So, and like, I don't know, it's kind of put a stunt in policy change. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's also, if they did have a class, I mean, I think it's important for, you know, a law enforcement officer to be present mm-hmm. to explain what that policy means, you know, because right, it's yeah. a lot of That's, legal government mm-hmm. type wording and it's going to go over some people's, people's heads. heads. You're right. And, you know, understanding that and also putting real life scenarios in how that, you know, how yeah. it plays into that policy. And wasn't Brian Peters the one that, um, wasn't he wanting to do a class for kids in 501? Yeah, he over. And he was kind of looking at laws because oh, okay. some of the things that, you know, you run into, like, people say don't disrespect law enforcement. Well, yeah. that's not breaking a law. You know what I mean? And so yeah. we have to understand that there's certain things that, yes, maybe aren't polite, but it's not breaking a law. But things yeah. like jaywalking, mm-hmm. you know, some places it is, some places it's not. I've been yeah. for jaywalking. And, some, and I was literally <laughs> like, what did I do? I yeah, didn't realize it, I had did something wrong, so I didn't know why right? he was. And he, is there a reason you didn't use the crosswalk? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. <laughs> right? um, so, but, it's all, but that does and lead to the opportunity for to them. To the respecting yeah. is like people be going off on people who work at Walmart. Yeah. Well, and that's a powerful point. Yeah. I There's a Dollar General like three blocks from my house. And uh-huh. when you got a store that close, you go there all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know the cashier. And she they have the craziest stories of customers <laughs> acting a fool. And they're... 
everybody in customer service in America right now has better de-escalation skills than the police. Oh my um, God, that's and that is that is, is a hard truth. truth. We <laughs> see it too. Like that's, we are going to people's homes. Yeah, we have and we have to learn to be being cussed we out going. as a part of social. Yeah, work. literally <laughs> every other profession every, that deals yeah. with the yeah. public, you and learn you to de-escalate. You, you're not allowed yeah. to then disrespect your clients or citizens. You know, just mm-hmm. because. You're upset that someone doesn't respect you. Mm-hmm. It's just like right. you're a human being. We walk people walk around cussing each other out all day. You yeah. know, it's not a crime. And we so be we flicking each other off when we cut each other <laughs> off on the road. So you know? yeah, it's just little things like that that people and I think reminding them too, as far as like what Brian was talking about, knowing the laws. Like this is I'm not breaking a law because you don't like the answer that I'm giving you. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, Tamara, I did want to get into further into the Citizens Police Academy. Can you explain a little bit more of what that is and the process of that? So, with the Citizens Academy, it's an actual um, resource for citizens like me and you, just anyone that um, you have to actually fill out an application. Okay. So, you have to provide all this information. Um let me pull it up but you have to consent to a background check Um, so you provide your name um, any nicknames that you have went by um, driver's license number social security number address your employment information and then the authorization to conduct a law enforcement check so Mm. it's gonna specific ask you have you um, been charged with a felony and if you've ever been convicted of a crime and then ask for additional information yeah now I don't have that background um, so I don't know if it's like an automatic disqualifier that's if you kind have of a shame ask. because I feel like yeah. but I think it like, potentially is why are they excluding certain people? right because I yeah. feel like once again and we talked about this in our last um, session that if you've paid your dues and you know you're off of papers like you're not on probation or parole or any like there's just nothing mm. um, currently pending for you within the, the court system that um, this should be available to available you, to you. Yeah. absolutely um, and so you submit your application. They let you know if you're accepted into the program or not. Um, like I said, I went in the fall of 2019, and it was about 35 to 40 students. Um, you know, probably that first day it's we a had our, good most, class size. Yeah. our most mm-hmm. students. Um, not everyone continued with the program. Yeah. Um, and there's some people that actually do the sheriff's program. I didn't do that just because I went ahead and started volunteering with yeah. TPD. But they also have, um, Shawnee County Sheriff's also has a Citizens Academy as well. I wonder why people kind of fell That's off of point. it, yeah. you know. Do you what, what? The only thing I can think of is the location. So the majority of the classes are at the law enforcement center. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're kind of in the evening. So like for me, I would work, you know, my regular shift, my eight hours, and then I would go straight there. So it is a commitment. But most of the people that were there, I would say a a large portion were retired. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were some of us that still worked, but large portion that was retired and, you know, they, they didn't have anything to do prior to showing up for Citizens Academy. Um, so I could see maybe 
job complex and mm -hmm. location because yeah. you actually have to go to the police station. Now, not all of our 12 sessions were at the law enforcement center. Um, we had one at the Shunga uh, Community Center mm -hmm. and we had one at the resource center, um, what was it, the old Avondale School. Mm -hmm. um, so they did try and get us in different locations, but you know, yeah. probably 90% were at the law enforcement center. So I think that would be something worth um, discussing, maybe moving the Citizens Academy maybe more to the community. Um, to, to once again get the community that maybe doesn't have transportation yeah. mm -hmm. to, to make it to the law enforcement center or um, doesn't feel comfortable yeah, that's going another to thing. the law enforcement yeah. center. You know, maybe this is their first step of, you know, breaking that, that fear of being around police, but maybe yeah. it needs to be more gradual. Community, that's engagement. That's yeah. community engagement. Being, meeting people where they are. Yeah. So definitely, especially if you're going to be having people like volunteering and right along with officers like you should they should be able to see it in their own community yeah. mm -hmm. and you in know. turn actually I feel like that would be beneficial because if you're from like you said if, if you're from that community and you ride around with the officer who is patrolling that community any things that come up they might they might listen and be you like you have insight to yeah, that you have yeah. more insight and then you also um, bridge the gap between that person that they're patrolling and the police officer. Mm -hmm. So that would be very beneficial for them instead of people who um, are from the different side mm -hmm. doing it. It's just like another person coming into my community telling me what to yeah. do, patrolling or what's me, wrong with it. and right. telling me what's wrong with where I live at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do think that is an important part of the Topeka police. That is something that we could probably change. It's something as small as that. That yeah. seems... It's Doable worth the discussion. People. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I did my ride along, and I did quite a few, um, it was eye-opening. So once again, born and raised in Topeka, um, grew up on the southeast side of town. So they kind of give you the option of where do you want to do your ride along. And me, I want to go to the southeast side of town. Now, mm -hmm. from what they say, that can be kind of like their higher call volume request for assistance on that side of town. Um, so... I was on a call for a shoplifter. Um, I was on a call for a homicide. Oh. Um, I the, was. They on, have volunteers on. I was well, in like, a ride along. A ride along. Solid dead body with TP. Oh my yeah. I was on a ride along. He didn't say it was up to me. He's like, you can stay in the car. Like, what's the uh, follow up after that? Because that's right. There was dramatic for me. There wasn't. I didn't yeah. go through the academy like Tamara did. When yeah. I was in college, I interned for the city of Topeka, and I was put in the city manager's office as an assistant. Yeah. And so part of that internship was learning how the entire city runs. So that meant the Topeka Zoo. That meant code enforcement. Yeah. That meant TPD. That which, meant I think, um, which was really like I, yeah. it was really awesome to like fully understand not only yeah. how the city runs, but some of the things I didn't realize the city had control right. over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so part of that internship was spending like two days at the police department, and so that's when I did a ride along and toured the department. Wow. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. But I think it's good. I mean, with doing the ride along you're kind of torn because you're there because you want to learn. Mm -hmm. But on the flip, you don't want a homicide. You don't want people yeah. being picked up and going to jail. But understanding that there are these things going on in our city, Absolutely. knowledge is power. Yeah. 
Um, and so for me, even seeing that, it was something that, you know, I went home and just kind of had a process. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how I would feel if it's something that I had you to do every, every single day, how my mm-hmm. um, emotional well, would be impacted And that by goes that. back to how, like, our police are really underprepared to do the jobs yeah. that we're asking yeah. them to do. And so and that is not of their fault. It's mm-hmm. required that they don't have a whole lot of training. Or not required. The requirements are not that they need extensive education, yeah. but rather just the police academy, which is yeah. less than a it's year. Just, it's a couple months. It's yeah. It's a... It's kind of insane. I mean, I think we've had sales jobs where we were in a probationary period for longer than that. Or, you know, even customer service jobs where you were in a training period for longer than a few months. Um, So a lot of misconduct in the police is from lack of training, um, lack of requirements. Um, And so we we have bad cops, we have good cops, and then we have cops that were put out on the streets ill-equipped to do their Mm -hmm. jobs and are just doing what they can within their limits. Yeah, I think that is pretty, I mean, I, I just think inappropriate to put someone in a position where you're dealing with people with so many different backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, who are having substance abuse, uh, having mental health issues, um, dealing with domestic violence situations, you know, and not Such a wide array. Having of, yeah. that knowledge of yeah. how to handle those situations, and, well, you know. I saw something that was like, it's like eight years to get a law degree, but like a couple months to enforce the law. Yeah. Wow. Um, yep. You know, which is kind of that way. Yeah. Right. If yeah. you think about it, there's, you know, all different kinds of framing we can put this in, but kind of no matter how you frame it, it's pretty much agreed that even, it's just not enough. Yeah. Even when, you know, when we did our time at the state, um, well, not like prison. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, not, I was not locked up. Yeah, okay. Locked up. Don't let me out. Well, it felt like it. So but, it was I did feel like that. But, like, when we'd have to go into homes and unfortunately have to um, remove children from unsafe places, they would, I can only speak to my experiences, some some of the officers um, weren't exactly the most polished when, because, you know, it is normal to be upset about someone removing your child. Absolutely. No matter, like, who you are, what you've done, that is a normal response and as a social worker we know that like i i get it we didn't you know? enjoy it either we did not enjoy it doing that but sometimes situations can be more escalated um depending on the officer that would come mm-hmm. so i i did feel like some of the officers would either um overdo it or underdo it we'd call for situations that we felt needed police um, protection on and police officers would feel the other opposite side you know they'd it'd be I mean there'd be situations where it just it it was not good and sometimes police officers some of the police officers would be like oh no they have running water (laughs) and that's it and you're like what yeah (laughs) but or um, the opposite where it's like a home is just lived in and they're like this is the most disgusting house I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, uh-huh. huh? hold on. Yeah. Boy, you ain't seen. <laughs> right. Disgusting, you know, you. and we're going to put these kids in like, oh, let's hold on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, so it shows yeah. their bias yeah. and they're not being taught to check their own biases, to learn yeah. about their own biases. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's something, I mean, we struggled with too sometimes yeah. with dealing with other social workers, mm-hmm. but or other, as a well, supervisor, some of them were so, well, 
as a supervisor that I mean it was our place to have those yeah. conversations with them and tell them when they were being inappropriate and you know yeah. and the, you know start talking to them again about their biases and how that is altering their ability to really perform yeah. and help you know because mm -hmm. we did I mean it's I think in every field um, I think we have issues like that as we talk about like the conversation about reform in our community and what that means with allocating money to different services whether it's like ret retraining police or yeah. mm -hmm. what it means um, a big piece of that is bias right and bias yeah. training and how we all like have to acknowledge that bias is something we all carry mm -hmm. yeah. like no one's immune from it I have to check my biases yeah. um, mm -hmm. all the time and like we all do, and I think that a lot more needs to be put into training on yeah, implicit exactly. bias. But I do I agree, with, agree with, with like they don't have anything really to to lose. They're not going. And they don't. Not only are they not getting a lot of extensive training for us as social workers, we don't even have the authority to actually physically remove a child. Like we have to depend on a judge, or we have to yeah. de depend on law enforcement to do police protective custody. Because, yeah. yeah. and but yeah. we have to go to school. We mm -hmm. have to maintain a licensure, mm -hmm. you know, and we're more limited. But we and if have, something happens, we get it taken away. Yeah, and we yeah. are at risk. Anybody can write in a report on us just because they didn't like us that day, you know, and mm -hmm. we made them mad, and we have to fill out a statement explaining ourselves, you know, if, if, that, if it comes to that. Yeah. But then we have law enforcement officers who are carrying deadly weapons. Mm-hmm. And who are supposed to be protecting our citizens? And the accountability and is just not there. They're not yeah. well. They're not required to have a college education. They're not required yeah. to carry insurance. They're not required to have licensure. That in where you have to turn in or have the potentially have to turn in, showing you continued your education mm -hmm. over the years. And that to me, I cannot fathom. It's pretty. Un I mean, when I was younger, I went to cosmetology school, <laughs> and like oh, to be cool. a hairstylist is stricter regulations than yes. to be a police officer. Yes. Wow. There is a state board of cosmetology yes. that will, yes. you know, you have a license. It's like a lot. It, it, it baffles me that there is so many um, professions that are deemed less important than police work um, that require so much more training mm -hmm. and accountability than we do of the police. What yeah. do you think that is? What is the reason for um, that? I think it, it comes back to qualified immunity and how mm -hmm. we think that people who are part of law enforcement or somehow above the law. I even watched um, a documentary the other day about how we portray police and how we imagine the police. And yeah. a lot of times, if you think about cop dramas, police never use excessive force unless it's like to get the bad guy. Mm -hmm. They never like push a guy in the interrogation room unless it's because he did it and we just need him to admit he did Law it. Law and order. Um, the and previous so season. If you, if you think of any cop dramas you've seen, it's like good <laughs> cops that sometimes have to bend the rules for justice. Yeah. Um, and that's not reality. <laughs> like yeah, no. in reality, that's not how our cops are operating. It's like a facade of how we want to see them. So when incidences occur, we think, well, they felt like they had to do that or they felt like, yeah. you know, like um, we don't give our, our law enforcement officers enough, you know, and it's it's kind of insane, but it's because of the way society views police work. I think it's a system that is built. I mm -hmm. mean, let's be honest, the system was built to try and control minorities and keep people in order. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is what it is. Like yeah, we were talking about initially... It started with, you know, slave chasers. and then yeah, The slave it, patrol was yeah, the formation and then of it's the just police. Like it just has completely, and people yeah. want to ignore that. And 
I'm not going to, and I'm not going to keep making it comfortable for people to ignore how it was built because it can't change if we don't mm-hmm. really talk about how this system really came about yeah. and how it is still today immoral. Mm-hmm. And we have to really look at that. And it's in, but then it plays a part in, like, if our departments aren't willing to also recognize that and then take from that why they need to make different changes amongst their officers or do certain like we they do their lie detector tests and stuff and ask about drugs and things like yeah. that are you asking any racial bias, bias questions, questions. Yeah. you know or we That's are you point. seeing yeah. where they are in their minds and it's we know like some people were born in a household and they were you know, raised to think a certain way. And they, I believe, too, that some people try and fight against that. Yeah. Um, but in the end, especially if you're in fear, which is always the thing that's being mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. you know, if you have been told all your life that African-Americans or Hispanics or whatever are aggressive, when and you're put in that position, you've you're going to you've never had believe- your own personal yeah. interaction with them. And a lot of our law enforcement are um, young adults that come from small towns in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And um, being a police officer is a respected position. Mm-hmm. You get the same kind of respect as a doctor and a lawyer mm-hmm. and a teacher and people mm-hmm. who, like, work their asses off. Um, and I'm not trying to imply that cops don't work their asses off. I'm just saying that people go through so much more to be able to hold those positions of respect than the police do. Mm-hmm. Um, they go through so much more to earn that position of like a public servant than the police do. And so it just comes back to... Yeah, and I believe they would receive that. And I mean, I, and I, feel, I still think a lot of people, you know, will they do respect them um, because they do believe that there's a certain, there's a purpose, you know, um, that they serve. We we mm-hmm. all know that at some point in time, law enforcement has been needed, whether it was mm-hmm. in a job, you know, and it's and I think that if they really did take the initiative to start looking into themselves and making these changes in ethically being good departments, then I think they would automatically get that respect, regardless if they had to have degrees or anything mm-hmm. like that, because, you know, the respect that they would show their community would then make people right, want to... Right, respect is earned, them. Yeah. right? Um. I also think that in any profession, there's going to be people that overperform, people Absolutely. that underperform, people that do, yeah. you know, just enough to, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, um, I seen a post on Facebook and they compared um, police officers to pilots of airplanes. So regardless of I seen that. the pilot... Yeah. The ultimate goal is for you to take your flight and get Get there there safely. And so it's kind of, when I seen that, I thought, yes. So even though we have, you know, you may get Officer Bob or Officer John or Officer Mike, the goal ultimately should be that, one, the law, you know, whatever is being enforced is enforced um, consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know with... You know, working in that field, it's rapidly changing, you know, mm-hmm. when you, you're responding to an event. Right. Yeah. And so you have to have discretion to be able to know, okay, I came for a burglary and now there's someone that's been shot. Being able to handle just um, situations as they, ar- you know, arise, but mm-hmm. also <sighs> be consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whether... 
like I said, whether I get Officer Bob or Officer Mike, mm-hmm. that I'm still going to get the treatment and not be, you know, upset that Officer mm-hmm. Bob came over here and he's being a jerk. And, you know, now I'm escalating because, you know, I don't feel he's treating me right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important. And, and like I said, I don't know if that's training. I don't know if that's kind of a pre-screening that mm-hmm. we're identifying these biases yeah. before you're even put in that position. Um or just so much, or how are yeah. you teaching them <clears throat> to be able to adapt that quickly? I yeah. mean, there's so much that goes into a lot of different um, careers where, I mean, a whole class can be about, you know, like family violence or mm-hmm. de-escalation or something. Just, and so I think that goes back to, you know, Nita saying you're putting them in all these positions. Like, mm-hmm. if they're leaving a super aggressive situation and they're hyped up and then they're going over... And they're then they're dealing with someone that maybe the situation is not as severe, Correct. but they're still worked up from the last mm-hmm. one, well, and they haven't even got their. You know what I mean? So what are we doing to also to to help these individuals the that aren't prepared? Because right now there's to have a lot these of ups and downs. Anger with the police. Um, but if it were, and, and there's a whole lot of police advocates whose son is a police, whose, whose nephew is a police officer, and they're like back in the blue, and people aren't yeah. being fair to the cops right now, and there's these like two different rhetorics happening, right? <laughs> yeah. Blue um, eyes matter. Right, and it goes back to Tamara's point. Um, when you brought up pilots, I thought you were going to say something slightly different, because I saw one that said, like, in certain careers, you don't get to have bad apples. Yeah. You can't be like, I've got a crew of pilots, and that one like crashes every so often, but oh, you know, right. not, not everyone can be great, or like, not <laughs> You know, every, every career has bad apples. Um, well, that yeah. so, encourages like, my dislike for airplanes. Well, <laughs> the point oh is God. that there are jobs where you can't yeah. have bad yeah. apples. So, you can't be a surgeon and be like not so great of a surgeon. Right. You or can't be a pilot and like sometimes so not bad. make it. So when we think about our police, you we can't. Even though it's not r- truly it. fair, we yeah. can't excuse bad officers as Absolutely. there's always bad it's a apples. Very high standard. Um, yeah. It's a super high standard. But which, if you're not able right. to meet that standard, then maybe that job Absolutely. isn't for you. Isn't for you. But, and it's yeah. okay. But then to we say have those higher not, standards for citizens. Yes. Like you know, but we're allowed to categorize people by their race. You know, and that's, how often and do we say, you know, well, black, if y'all would quit acting the way you act, people wouldn't treat people you how you treat a you. A doctor, a lawyer, right? anything. You are still, still get wrestled down right. to the ground. So it's mm-hmm. just like, how do we, how are you trying to have a citizen at a higher standard than an officer mm-hmm. and say, you all have to behave? But, you know, there's a few of these officers that may not. But th- that don't pay attention right. to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you would behave, you wouldn't even inter- and interact with the bad there's ones. There's the side of like the harsh conversation with officers. And then I feel like there's also this unspoken side of if we were com- more compassionate towards our officers, we would not be putting them in these situations. Mm. Have you ever had a job where you're like, I can't believe they're asking me to do this? Yeah. That's what we're doing to our police officers. Yeah. Like, we should not be putting these, like you said, what if you go from a homicide to trying to help a small child? What does that do to somebody mentally? Should we transfer. be asking anybody to do that? And so some of what we're asking our officers to do is truly unfair. And so the defunding conversation could also be a very sympathetic conversation towards our good officers and good police that want to uphold the law but are being asked to do so much. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think there's a lot of fra- there's a lot of ways you can frame the conversation. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like um, the defund the police language is a little counterproductive. For one, people don't truly understand what it, it means. Yeah. Um, and for 
citizens who don't, you know, white Americans who have never had a bad experience with the police, whose little nephew is a cop, <laughs> that language is never going to work on them. No. Um, and so I think of all the different ways we have to really discuss this conversation if we want to make change. Yeah. And there's a lot of angles. So to kind of bridge off of uh, police reform, which I think it is an important piece of creating the change that we want to see in the, in, um, the world, what's something else that we can do to create change because it's it's more than just police brutality it's it that's important and it's it big but yes. what else what we have else? to be involved yeah. we have to be involved i mean for me myself i can be on social media all day and see everyone saying this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem mm-hmm. but we have to come together and come up with solutions and and request or demand and not be quiet that Mm -hmm. this is something that's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. This is something that we want. We are an integral part of this community, of this nation. And if they won't speak up for us, and I say they as in whoever, whoever's not affected by it, not bothered and Mm -hmm. is quiet, we have to find our voice within ourselves. And so that is why I volunteer with the local law enforcement because I'm learning kind of how that process works, being more on the inside, less on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have four kids, my oldest. I was like, go apply at TPD, you know? And I don't know how many black mothers would say, Mm -hmm. go apply to be a police officer. I find it to be a respectful position but it's hard because there are the bad apples. Well, and it's like teachers, super respectable, super hard job that doesn't pay enough. Yeah. Yes. So if you're a black person trying to come out of poverty or to get to the next level in socioeconomic life, um, you're not looking towards being a public servant because yeah. right now that is not a way to escape poverty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that poverty line is looking at me every day. But, <laughs> but you know, being a public servant... You know, it's necessary mm-hmm. because, as we said, not everyone is built yeah. to provide that customer service to go above and beyond and understand that mm-hmm. this isolated incident, as it may seem, is really part of a, a, a grander picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every incident or every chance that the police have to provide customer service is either going to, in someone's perception, um, perspective make or you know make it better or make it worse yeah and so how do we bridge that gap so that it is making it better that mm-hmm. our local law enforcement has our support they're hearing what we need yeah hey Topeka if you're headed to the high crest market this Saturday make sure you say hello to the african-american women's voter alliance of omni circle The ladies will be out registering voters between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. The address is 455 Southeast Goff Park Boulevard. The Alliance will also be out and about in the community for voter registration at Meadows Elementary July the 15th from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Loman Hill Elementary the 17th from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then back to Avondale East Elementary, July the 24th from 12 to 11 to 12. Okay. 
Welcome back to Pika. Chiquita here with On The Surface Presents, who we are. Um, just before we end this episode, I did want to open the floor up to all of us and to give tips, advice to listeners of how they can be more involved in our community and create the change that we want to see. Um, I think a, a first and easy step for everybody is to take an implicit bias test. They're available for free online. Harvard, is it that does it? Um, I think there's multiple Probably. platforms uh, that do them. <laughs> but if you Google implicit bias test, you're going to be able to find one. Maybe take a couple. But it's really important for us to like acknowledge what our own biases are as like yeah. a first step towards moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think if people want to be active in the community, there's Racial Justice Task Force um, in Topeka. We have uh, different community orgs that are working on low-income neighborhoods that are working on racial justice um so maybe do some google searches for uh ways you can be involved in your community or local task force for uh that working that are working on these issues um what do you think so i'm gonna go back to get involved have these conversations Mm -hmm. find organizations that kind of align with your views and and you know join together have unity with people that you know think similarly um but then be willing to take action um and i'm not just saying seek out people that think like you um because you know everyone's different but you know um get to know people that are different than yourself Mm -hmm. um once again have those conversations and it's not necessarily you know, some things are black and white, um, mm-hmm. i.e. the police should not be killing um, well, yeah. brown mm-hmm. and black people. So, yeah. um, But, you know, I think everything is just, you know, it's time for these conversations. It's time for us to take action. It's time for us to unify um, and really get involved and, and not let this um, post- moment pass us by mm-hmm. to kind of go from what you just said Tamara uh, Tamara I'm sorry <laughs> um, I do think um, and actually you kind of touched on it um, having thoughtful dialogue people that you don't necessarily agree with even your own family start at home because mm-hmm. some of us have family members that are saying some crazy stuff out and here challenging okay? them and yeah. it's don't allow other people to check your family before you check your own family because people are not people are tired and people um people are tired and it would it probably would come better coming from you rather than somebody else you know don't let them be in situations where they end up getting dragged online dragged online in person you better you know not everyone's friendly not everyone's let friendly you slide. You're right. and then another tip um there's this there's this a uh, YouTube video, um, I don't know what to call them, show I guess that I watch called Middle Ground. Um, I do encourage people to look that up. I love that show. They get people opposite side of spectrums. Like they just did an episode on school shooting survivors and the NRA people. Yeah. Um, so it'll take people yeah. on completely different sides mm-hmm. of an issue and have yeah. them have a conversation. They and- did Pro Cop versus Black Lives Matter, which. Black Lives. Okay, well, we won't go. Yeah, which is not too separate. Just watch it. Um, Definitely uh, find it on YouTube, Middle Ground. Watch it. Form your own opinion. I do think it does a great job of um, having different people have information of 
what their side is and they ask questions to encourage empathy and that's the last advice that I have is to have empathy towards people um, you might not walk into people's in other people's shoe but you can at least respect the feelings that they have and validate the feelings that they have even if it's not even your own Mm-hmm. And I think um, I agree with a lot, especially like we are like minded individuals in the sense that we want to see our community improve on several different levels. But I do agree, like you have to get to know someone and see their side, because mm-hmm. like you said, we all have biases. We all are kind of ingrained to think a certain way based on how we were raised. And it's opening up our minds to learn different things. Um, so with that being said, the whole, I don't see color, um, it's not happening in my house household, so it doesn't affect me. You know, the, the play on ignorance when we, it's, you know, we're just too, we have too much at our hands, at our fingertips, we're on the internet, you know, again, everything on the internet's not true, but, um, we can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. Ignorance is not an excuse anymore. This has been going on for many years. And so it's just time for people to band together for the greater good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. recognizing your privilege or recognizing your own bias or whatever it may be. Or having to admit that maybe law enforcement isn't isn't doing everything that they should be doing or some law enforcement isn't doing everything and it's okay but then what steps do we take from there yeah how do you get involved um i'm open to having these difficult conversations i think that people think it's easier for african americans or people of color to have it and it's not Mm -hmm. but i know that i've been quiet in situations where i should have spoke out as Mm -hmm. well and so we just all have to be uncomfortable for a little while and move past those hurt feelings. I like what you said about having empathy and don't try and tell someone about their experience. You know, we don't need yeah, your validation, you know, yeah. for your to about our experiences and stop policing people's pain. Allow them to be upset, allow yeah. them to be to speak their minds mm-hmm. and then figure out how to help them. Right. What and is the solution? Yeah, what's the solution what's for the there? Without, so, yeah. without judging. But yeah, I do believe we do have to even though upset, we still have to care about each other and be here to support each other and and figure out how to just make this community better, everyone's community better. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for coming. Um, I can't wait for other topics that we may talk about. Together. Yeah, together. Mm-hmm. This was very encouraging, and I hope those that are listening are encouraged. Feel free to follow us on um, OmniCircle Group. Facebook page if you have any questions towards any of us that we're talking or want to be involved somehow any of us will help you with that Tamara's looking like what's up (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah thanks for listening in and tune in for the next episode everyone say bye bye Wow, Lamika, this was a great conversation. Yes, it was. Yeah. I'm glad we did part two. Me too. I really like Tamara's call to um, being willing to take action. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like that. You know, it was a great takeaway. And then also Anita talking about um, 
the need for bias oh tests, yeah you know mm-hmm. to take a bias test and i think that's definitely something i'm gonna do Mm-hmm. today figure out my own <laughs> it's just the google away so y'all ain't got no excuses yeah so it's quarter mm-hmm. her there's plenty of them so oh yeah yeah you know a lot. pick you pick your poison i well, know <laughs> maybe not poison maybe not so much poison pick your improvement yeah pick there your you improvement. go that should be a uh, shirt pick your improvement you i might make one of those for you hey so i think that yeah it's important we all have them um, and I think that we all can better ourselves. And so, like, if we're going to ask for our, our city uh, workers to do it, we can do it. We can do it ourselves. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Well, listeners, what can you contribute to Topeka? Next episode, we'll be diving in deep with allyship. So tune in in two weeks. Yes, we'll see you then. <laughs>